Awesome. <laughs> I can only count on mother back there. <laughs> Who's new today? You new today? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm excited about today because uh, I'm going to teach on worship a little bit. And um, as I came into the room, the presence of God was so strong. And the Lord spoke. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to release. He said, I'm, there will be an impartation of the supernatural today in everybody that I lay hands on. Because we're flowing in it right now. Amen. Chris's wife prayed for a little boy and his leg grew, grew out last Sunday. So this is a season that the Lord is just breaking it out. And he wants every pastor to flow in the supernatural. Amen. Not to just have praise and a little bit of teaching and take up the offering. And I'm telling you, those days are over. The church needs to, be, needs to have a divine encounter with the living God. With his presence, not just his anointing. Amen. So the Lord called me to open up this pastor's conference and to teach the pastors about the fivefold ministry and the apostolic ministries that are coming forth. And an apostolic ministry is nothing more than, a, than an apostle. He's your leader. But you have many pastors under you because an apostle can't pastor people. I can tell you that right now. It's got to be a pastor. <laughs> Amen. Apostles are leaders. They're pioneers. They break through. They get things done. Um, so the pastors have to understand that to get the fullness of God in your church is that you have to be flowing in and from a fivefold ministry. If you don't have a fivefold ministry in your church, you need to be connected to one. Because when you're connected to one, it's going to flow right to you. And every time the pastor opens up his mouth, the full power of Jesus is going to come forth. Can you imagine? Because there is a fivefold function here, and we're in unity. And that's why we see the supernatural. That's why we see the presence come so quickly. We've had last three services have been just off the chart. We've had no praise and worship. We just get up and do testimonies and get halfway through the testimonies and the glory falls. Isn't that the way it should be? Jesus died for us to have a relationship with the Father. The same relationship he has with the Father. And, you know, my walk with the Lord has been 24 years, 25 years. And I flowed in that anointing. I flowed in that faith dimension, that anointing dimension. But it's only been the last four or five, six years that I've tapped into the glory dimension. And it's because I obeyed the Lord in doing something I had no idea how to do. Amen? He's going to push you to do something that you don't understand. And that's where you meet him. And that's when you get that extra level of what you need to be a fruitful ministry. To be a ministry that houses the tangible presence of God. 
a ministry that people want to come in and just sit and not leave. A ministry that, that the people aren't in a hurry to get out of the building to get something to eat. Amen. Because the presence of God should satisfy every area of your life. Every area. We should be carriers of his power and his presence and his revelation. See, the difference between power and presence, the common denominator is revelation. If there's no fresh revelation, there'll never be any presence. You'll be flowing in anointing, and anointing is supposed to what? Kill the flesh. It's supposed to kill our flesh. One thing the devil hates, three things the devil hates, is obedience, fasting, and worship. Obedience, fasting, and worship. We, there's a bunch of us in our ministries fasting for 30 days now, and I'm telling you, it was held for the first couple of days <laughs> just to do water, you know. So we're, we're, we're pressing into God. We're, we're, we're going to put a demand on God for another level of himself, another dimension of himself. The Lord gave me this vision here, and he let me know that there's seven levels of the anointing. And most of the church is right here. They're in this level right here. The renewed work. That's the born again man. That's a renewed work. But there's seven levels and seven dimensions of the glory that we're all called to to come to become a glorious son and daughter of God. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to teach on this today. I've got some other little teaching I'm going to do. But we are going to go back into worship. Because God has told me to go make sure we allow enough time for worship. Because he is going to come down strong. And there's going to be an impartation of the supernatural. Wouldn't it be awesome just to take supernatural back to your church? And the praise and worship leader uh, gets a hold of this. And brings the presence of God in. You open up your mouth and signs and wonders and miracles start taking place without laying hands on nobody. See, miracles take place when you don't know they're taking place. And, you know, I've had so many miracles take place where I didn't exercise the anointing at all. So God gets all the glory. On some level, we as ministers have taken his glory because we're still exercising the anointing. We're called to exercise the anointing, but not stay in it. We're called to transition from the anointing to the glory dimension. And most of our pastors don't know how to, what to do when the, when the anointing has reached its full maturity. Church is over. That's what we think, church is over. But church has just begun. Church has just begun. When that anointing comes on you and preach like a wild lion, you know what I mean? You, you know what I mean? Well, you know it's reached its maturity right then because he said the foolishness of the preaching will save somebody. But the glory brings that person into the presence of the Father. So when that anointing is at full strength, full power, and you know you've reached that place, put on an instrumental just like this. And you'll step right over into that glory dimension. 
And God will begin to move in signs and wonders and miracles. He likes what I'm saying. And all you have to do is hear. You don't have to preach. You've already got past the preaching dimension. All you have to do is hear. And speak. And that's when Jesus becomes creator. Not just healer. Amen. You can't be in the presence of God and something not get changed in your life. The anointing will never change you. It kills you. It's supposed to kill your flesh. But the presence, it's illegal not to be changed in the presence of God. Something's going to change. You may not even know what it is. But if you've entered into a rest, something had changed right then in your body, in your mind, in something that pertains to the outside that our minds are connected to. Change. So I teach all the people of Kingdom Life to stay in the presence as long as you can. Because the more you stay in the presence, the more it's getting changed. He doesn't just change one thing. When you sit in His presence, multitude of things get changed. And you start walking things out and realizing there's something different about my life. I want to get past the born-again experience. Amen? I want to go from glory to glory, from presence to presence, to revelation from revelation to revelation. I want to, I want to be one of the glorious sons of God that's shown in this chart where, where the second level is, and that's where, we, that's where the devil stops right there is that second level is, of glory is where you, are, you have to be reconciled back to man. We're reconciled to God, to man, and then the plan of God. And then the inheritance of God. The devil knows that you'll never receive the inheritance of Abraham unless you are reconciled back to people. In other words, if there's anybody that has offense, then that's as far as you're going to go. Amen? It's not worth it. The offense is killing something on the inside of you that, that is keeping it alive. We got a great revelation that, that the blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled with more hunger. You know, I always thought something was wrong. I wouldn't get, getting, my hunger wasn't getting satisfied. But that's when you're doing everything right. When your hunger increases for God. It will, be ne it will never be satisfied until you get to heaven. When you meet him face to face. But the hunger comes from the Holy Spirit that keeps us pushing and pushing and pushing for more of God. For more of his presence. If you had his presence, you wouldn't want anything. You wouldn't need anything. And if he gave you something, you wouldn't, you'd give it away. Amen? Because we were designed to... to to worship him. We were created to worship him. And to be with him. And the only way that you can sustain transformation. Is you've got to have a renewed mind. You can get transformed in the presence of God. But you'll never sustain it. Without a renewed mind. And that's the biggest challenge of the church. Is obedience. That's our biggest challenge. 
as leaders, even ourselves, to obey the word. And here we are preaching it. It's a challenge for us. We're human. We're just like the flock. We struggle sometimes with certain things we have to obey. Because we don't know what the outcome's going to be. We don't know where it's taken me. I have to know everything. God told me he'd show me everything before they happened. Well, sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> sometimes he doesn't. I can, I can tell you that right now. But a renewed mind is a mind that gives the devil no access. If we have sickness in our body, if we have fear in our mind, we have given the devil access unbeknowingly out of ignorance. None of us want the devil. None of us want to have the devil in us. We're all, we are the kings and sons of God. But he has deceived us. And Satan's greatest season is when you reach maturity in the church age and stay there. That's his greatest season. Because we open him wide up to come on in. And fill us where we're lacking. We're going to have to shut the door to the devil. And the only way to do it. Is we've got to know how to get into his presence. We've got to know how to be transformed. We've got to know how to be renewed in our mind. So that we can do what the third John says. That we prosper in all things. Amen. I'm, listen, you've got a leader here that's determined. I'm determined. I'm not a quitter. I'll never be a quitter. But I'm determined to see the glory of God in Savannah, Georgia. And every pastor that's connected to us, whatever town or city they're in, they will see the glory of God. Amen. Apostolic means acceleration. Once you truly connect with your heart and your mind to an apostolic ministry, everything is going to accelerate. But to maintain that acceleration, you've got to hear the revelation. You've got to come to these conferences and hear the revelation. You've got to be fed to maintain acceleration. If we're not fed, we'll never maintain the movement of God that he is doing because only revelation can sustain the move of God. There's been many, many, many mighty moves of God, but they all failed because of lack of revelation. And lack of revelation is nothing more not, than not knowing how to get in his presence to get the revelation. It's got to be a third heaven experience. You, you, you won't go but so far off of somebody else's revelation. You've got to have your own. I tell our people all the time, I can give you a major revelation, but if you don't get your own, you'll stay right there. You'll stay right there. Stand up, Chris. I'm so proud of Chris. He's our youth pastor. And when did you walk through this door? Three years ago. And he's a youth pastor, and he's one of the best I've ever been around. Put the conference thing up on the screen for a minute. This, I want you to pray for him because... And, and if your youth can make it, this is, this is a youth conference in, in Brunswick that they're going to be speaking at, bringing signs, wonders, and miracles tonight at 6.30. Is it tonight? 
Oh, it's November 20th. Then he said it was night. I was getting ready for tonight. She'll be happy. Matthew was all upset because he had to go and because he wanted to work. He's going to be pleased now. But look at this. If you can make it, bring your youth. Because, because here's a man that walked through the door three years ago and he's flowing in signs, wonders, and miracles. And the miracle didn't happen in here. It happened in his home where it should be happening. Is in the home. The Lord told me, thank you, Chris. The Lord told me that the only way that an apostolic ministry or leader will be successful is marriage, their marriages have to be a marriage that represents Christ and his bride and worship. That's the only way it's going to be successful. When the people see you as a couple, they ought to see Jesus and his bride. That's the only thing that's going to sustain the church is your marriage. And singles, your marriage to Jesus. Amen. Every single shouldn't be seeking no man or woman out until they're completely satisfied with Jesus. And when you're satisfied with Jesus, I can tell you right now, you won't want any of them. And that's when you're going to be ready for it. Is when you don't think you want it or need it anymore. God says, you're ready. I'm going to send it to you now. Amen. But there is, hey pastor, how y'all doing? There is a supernatural movement going on. And um, it's corporate. And as long as we stay connected in covenant, agreement, no disagreements, but in covenant, it's going to flow to every church. And you're going to get excited about going to church. I remember when there was a time I used to come to this place and I didn't get excited about coming to this place because I, I can't stay at the same level. I'll just go crazy. I've got to keep moving, going up, changing. Things have to be happening. You know, souls have to be changed. People have to be growing up. I have to see the kingdom of God at work to keep me excited about a ministry. Amen. So I'm going to teach a little bit. I'm, not, I'm going to only teach for about 30 minutes as far as I can go. And then we're going to go into worship. And as I said, Pastor, you came in a little late, but the Lord spoke to me when I came in here because His presence was so strong that there will be an importation of the supernatural on everybody I lay hands on today. And you take it back to your church. And you'll see it in operation. You will see it in operation. The supernatural. Moving from. A, you know. the When you see the supernatural flowing. The first thing you're going to see is moving from a church mindset to a kingdom mindset. That's the really first change you're going to see is moving from a church mindset to a kingdom mindset and manifesting signs, wonders, and miracles. That's how you know that Jesus is the ruler of your ministry. That he is he has taken up rulership of his ministry that he has entrusted to us is when there's signs, wonders, and miracles. And another sign is producing sons and daughters for the glory of God for the marketplace and the ones that are called to the assembly. Not every minister is called to the marketplace. 
Some of them are called to the assembly. So the apostolic is a vacuum. That's how you know it's working. It's a vacuum of movement and acceleration into the new things of God. I'm tired of the old things of God. I want the new things of God. I want something new all the time. So this vision here that the Lord gave me on worship is what I think is one of the most important visions because it prepares us on a visual to see the movement and the acceleration of God working through the Holy Spirit. We have a visual of how we're graduating by tarrying. See, the church doesn't know how to tarry because they don't know what's on the other side of tarry. Amen? But when you walked into this place today, you felt the presence, the glory of God. Um, Pastor, I was telling them, we have had three services that we have had no praise and worship. We just had testimonies in the beginning, and the glory falls. On a glory night, we usually have three or four hours of worship. But now on a glory night, you know, he showed up at quarter to eight, and we started about 7.10 because of the testimonies. I said, you don't want us to worship you? He said, why would you worship me if I'm here? He said, the testimony is worship. And another thing, another revelation he said that you might want to carry back to your church is, and it was one of the, I mean, it was the second time that the Lord says, if you've got that much of a testimony in your congregation, then you better get that person up and give that testimony, lest you'll be a partaker of a thief that's stealing his glory. I thought testimonies were over. I got up there, I was going to bring them into worship, and the Lord said, you better tell them if they got that much of a testimony, they better get up here. And that's when it broke out. It was a small, insignificant testimony that brought his glory in. Every service, you guys, every service, you get your announcements. We have our announcements, letting people know what's going on in the ministry. But you should get people up and giving their testimonies. And you should train them not to give us the story. Give us the revelation. It should take five minutes. Boom, boom, boom. And you can get 20 people up. Just like that. But preparation for worship, it's our heartfelt worship that brings his presence. It's our heartfelt worship, not our mind. The Lord said, he said, he would rather hear my voice and your voice than anything else. God does not flow through music. Oh, Jesus. He flows through a sound. And the only reason the presence is in here because we, we, we hit the sound. Every church should have its own sound. Because the sound is what's going to be carried into the city. You introduce God through the sound. When you open up your mouth, you have a sound that you have been in relationship with God. When he is satisfied with our worship, he descends. When he descends, his person enters. His person enters. 
See, the glory cloud is over this building. It's been over this building. It's been over this building on both sides for many, many years. But what we've noticed is this. It's stationary about right here, but now it's stationary about right here. Because we're not going into three or four hours of worship anymore to make it fall. But can you imagine when you just run into it? Oh, Jesus. When you just walk into it, there's no praise and worship, no testimonies. The only thing that's going on is love among the brethren. You're going to have church services where you're going to experience that because he's satisfied with your praise and worship. We're supposed to be making a home for him. A holy habitation. Corporate. Not just individual, but corporate. His presence is his rest. When you enter his rest, you've entered his glory, his person. Worship affirms the works of God. I mean, praise affirms the works of God. Every pastor should be more focused on their praise and worship than they are their message. Because if the message is not born out of praise and worship, it's religion. If you have to labor for a message without praise and worship, you've gotten a sermon. If you have to labor for a message to preach, if you have to study without praise and worship, you've just got another sermon that looks like it's apostolic. Every pastor should have their personal altar in their home. I love it when Elijah on Mount Carmel Remember that story? We were at Mount Carmel, and, I, and it was amazing. You could feel the fire on that mountain. But that's the highest mountain. And he challenged the false god. There was 850 prophets there, and one prophet of God. Can you imagine how intimidating that would be? And those prophets, those false prophets, cried out for six hours. And nothing happened. Then they started stomping on the on the on the altar, on the on the wood, and on the bull that was on there. And then Elijah takes three barrels, four barrels of water, four three times. He's got that thing saturated. And then he prayed to his God. The fire descended. Can you imagine seeing the fire lick up the water? And then what happened, which most pastors don't preach about it, a cloud was formed. A cloud's going to form in this place today. You're going to see it. And Jezebel's going to be done with. Who's controlling the pastor? Is it the presence of God or is it Jezebel? She spent over $300,000 a year, I think it was, to feed. These false prophets, watch who you're sitting with and eating with. Because it's still happening today. Demons can get transferred through food, you know. 
<laughs> I can usually tell when somebody's about 300 pounds, they got, they've been transferred a lot of demons in that foot. The body of Christ, this body right here is going to be in good shape. Amen? Chris looks awesome from the time he walked in here. If you can stay in the glory, the weight's going to come off of you. Because everything lines up to perfection. Praise affirms the works of God. Worship affirms, per, per, affirms the presence of God. Praise brings the anointing of God. And worship brings the glory of God. Listen, if, if every leader, every pastor had that relationship, and I know, I can tell by going into the churches and how they're doing the church services, that they don't have the relationship. They don't have that personal altar time. That they can bring what they've got in their personal time to the church and bring glory to God. Bring the glory of the presence of God. I tell people this is, this is a result of my personal altar. It's a corporate altar. But it's not your altar. Amen? It's my altar. But you come in and you learn from this altar. And you take it back to help your altar get resurrected to another level. I wouldn't open up the Bible at all until you put praise and worship on. Because what it does for you, it elevates your spirit so that when God speaks for you to go into the word, that you see the revelation. That you no longer see the logos. When I, when I open, up, open up the Bible, I have to shut it. Because everything is Rima now to me. And it excites everything in my being. And I get so excited I can't take it. And I have to shut it for a little while. Because I don't know which one to take. Because the whole page is jumping off at you. Amen. What should we do in his presence? What should we do in his presence? We should always pray and declare from his presence. Every time you come out of your house, you should say this. I take authority over this day. I take authority over every demon. I take authority over everything that's restricting me, that's holding me back. Man, I'm telling you, those words, I take authority when I'm in the presence of God because those words travel far more than they could travel if I wasn't in the presence of God. I know for sure that that word is hitting the second heaven when I'm in the presence of God. Jesus spoke over, over to 5,000 people and everybody heard him. Can you imagine that? That's what I'm talking about. He was in the glory and when he spoke, 5,000 people heard him, and plus more probably, because he was in the glory. He had his personal altar every morning, and he came out and did signs, wonders, and miracles. That's my, my way of judging the fruit of a ministry, is if there's no signs and wonders and miracles, then the minister does not have a personal relationship with Christ. He may have a relationship with his ministry. He may have a relationship with, with prayer. 
He may have a relationship with this or that. But listen, if you're, if you're not in the presence of the Holy One, then you're, you have conformed. And any time there's conformity, there is death working, keeping you from the level of prosperity, level of wealth of relationship with Christ, keeping you from getting into that level. And the protection. Man, I'm telling you, we were in Miami to, to the uh, minister's conference, and we didn't know the hurricane was coming. And all of a sudden, the hurricane's coming towards Miami. Well, there were 18,000 ministers in this conference, and they started praying that that, that thing turned. So I went into worship because Denny's all kind of upset and Brooks crying in the hallway of the hotel that I'm going to lose my house and lose my cars and everything. And I, I had to shake Brooke in the hallway. I said, look, God said that everything is safe and secure. When you are in his presence, when you stay in his presence, everything is safe and secure. And we got back and nothing was touched. And we are on the ocean at Tabi, the flower pots didn't even blow over. And the devil knew he better not touch that Ferrari. Amen? Because that's a king killer right there. But there was a cover on the Ferrari. It didn't even blow off. And I don't have garage doors. I just park underneath the house. No water. My war room's down on the lower level. No water. And my neighbor three, three, three doors down had three and a half foot of water under his house. Yeah, it, yeah. The whole parking lot was full. And you could see where something blocked, stood. It, but the Lord said he's putting a wall around the house. I didn't know what kind of wall. But the sand piled up in my driveway at the back of the cars. So it tells you the water was coming, but something was stopping it, and it just piled up the sand. Isn't that awesome? I stay in his secret place. And the only way to do it, it's got to be every day. It, you got to do it every day. You got to worship him every day. So Jesus spoke over 5,000 people. The glory, the presence of the Father was in his breath. In his words. And it reached places that normal words could not reach. The reason demons don't hear you is because you're not in the presence of God. Demons will never leave if they don't hear authority. That's the only way a demon's going to leave. If they got to hear the authority. A Christian, you guys keep up with me on the screen. A Christian who sings and worships is rarely defeated. A Christian who sings and worships is rarely defeated. Each song is a milestone. On the road to victory. Amen. When we go into worship today. Uh, each song. That comes on that screen. Is a milestone to victory. A container filled with explosive frequencies of God. I love that when the Lord gave me that. He said it's a container filled with explosive frequencies of God. This is what you need to teach your worship leaders. Pastors, you need to teach your worship leaders. And, I, oh, Lord, the Lord just spoke. Thank you, Lord. 
He said, if they don't teach them this, they'll lose them. Their hunger has to be satisfied with more hunger. Amen. That's being full in the kingdom of God is being hungry all the time. The weapon of worship. Worship songs are to a believer's spirit what ammunition is to an army. You, you, worship song, it'll be on the screen too. Worship songs are to a believer's spirit what ammunition is to an army. The Lord has me on worship this morning because you'll never transition into a kingdom church without worship. And you say, well, how do I know I got it right? You will see signs, wonders, and miracles. That's how you'll know you got it right. Vibrant living, overcoming faith comes from filling ourselves to overflowing, overflowing over and over again with the frequencies of God. Staying full to the point of running over with dominion power. You know, when you're walking in dominion power, the joy of the Lord is so real. People have raised people from the dead by singing a song. When I was just a baby Christian, two or three years old baby Christian, I had this little boom box, this Bose little boom box, and it was a little carrying case. And people would want me to pray for them because the Lord was using me heavily in healing people. So I'd take that little boom box to doctor's offices and people's homes, and I'd say, well, we're just going to worship God because I don't have any word in me yet. I was just excited about God. So it tells you what worship can do that the word can't because worship invites the word, the person, where you are. And man, I'm bouncing around like a little baby Christian seeing blind eyes open, cancer healed. This was 15 years ago. My boombox. And man, I would pull up to the red light, and the guy behind me had his boombox going, and I had my boombox going. And I'd roll down those windows. I mean, I had a big one in the back of the car. I wanted to give the devil hell at every red light. <laughs> Praise God. Music is intended to awaken a person's deep connections with God and to proper and accompany him along the path of your destiny. You'll never get to your destiny unless you're a worshiper. You gotta be a worshiper. Keep me on time about what time is it? Oh Lord, we need to go into worship. Music is intended to awaken a person's spirit. Okay, under David's leadership, every time, this is what I love what David did. Every time, they, under his leadership, every time Israel enlarged her, her borders in praise and worship, financial strength expanded everywhere. If you're in lack, that's another sign that you haven't entered in through worship. Wealth is attracted to his presence. I never desired wealth, never went after wealth, never wanted wealth. Once I got Jesus, that's all I wanted. I just pursued him, not realizing I went past him and got into the Father's bosom, and then the wealth started pouring into my bosom. Today, there are many capable and gifted worship leaders. The Lord, though, is calling for lead worshipers, like David, who, who bring their behind-closed-doors intimacy with God to the people. 
That's what you got to tell your worship leaders. You got to teach them. Give them the CD. Well, that was the intro. So I didn't get into the message. But I do want this impartation to happen today. Because it's at another level. And he said the cloud will form. You know, the cloud doesn't have to form in the whole room. It could be in a spot. When, when Elijah saw the cloud form, it was formed over the water. When he told his servant to look over the water. And he said, I don't see nothing. He told the servant to do something that looked seven times. God will always challenge you for his presence. So he looked seven times. And then he saw the cloud form. He said, a small black cloud form. And you're going to see a small black cloud. Or a white cloud. He's in it both. He's in it both. He created black into white. So he's in both clouds. But the black cloud, the cloud brings the rain. I said, I want to see a black cloud today. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go into worship, praise and worship for about 45 minutes and just let the glory fall. And then I'm going to pray for all the pastors and all the leaders. And I'm going to release the impartation of signs, wonders, and miracles because I didn't know he was going to do that. He said, I just want my pastors to be, to be soaked in my presence today because there's going to be change in their life. And we panic because of change. But I'm telling you, when you're kingdom-minded, change is a good thing. We can invite the wrong into our change by the way we think. But we're going to think positive about change. Because we go from glory to glory, not from pain to pain. Not from loss to loss. We go from glory to glory, it says. Amen. Lord, I thank you for this time I, as we enter into praise and worship now that you would back us up with your word, back us up with your presence, bring the black cloud that would bring the rain into this place, and, and Lord, the powerful impartation of signs, wonders, and miracles, the extension of my relationship with you to the pastors, Lord, that they can bring the same thing into their ministries in Jesus' name.